Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Three, two, one. Welcome to the Talentworks podcast. I'm Shukri. I'm Katrina. And I'm Helen. BBC Studios is the production part of the BBC Group. So we're not public service. What we do at BBC Studios is we invest in and we produce amazing shows, both for the UK and globally. We make some shows for the BBC, but we also make them for the market, like Netflix, Channel 4, Spotify, Audible. These include Blue Planet, Pressed, Killing Eve, Strictly Come Dancing, I May Destroy You, Doctor Who, Top Gear. BBC Studios Talentworks are a small but mighty development team within BBC Studios. We work cross-genre and cross-platform. We specifically work with emerging talent, so we look to places like Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, people who are writing blogs, maybe people who've got podcasts already, who are storytellers and looking to partner with BBC Studios to tell bigger, bolder stories. In short, we play Cupid for talent and industry. And this podcast is about giving the floor to some of those talented creators. True to form, our guests are going to lead the way. They are going to be telling us about three pieces of work that have defined their careers so far. So who have we got today? Shukri here. It's November 2022 and today I'm joined by Adna Ahmed. I've never met a Somali girl that can't make me laugh. Like, we are just naturally funny and I think I've always just been attracted to that desire of making people laugh and and having like a comedic, fun experience. Adna is a 24-year-old creator and aspiring screenwriter from Leicester. She's passionate about telling underrepresented stories and working to make the creative industries more inclusive. This passion led to Adna co-founding Babes in Development at the beginning of 2022. Babes in Development is an incubator and development space for black women and non-binary creatives who are looking to get into screenwriting. So I know Adna as she is one of our creators for In The Mix 2022. This project was developed by BBC Studios Talentworks and Black Creators Matter in partnership with The Barbican. This project provided black content creators with development experience and the opportunity to produce a short film for BBC Real. If you search BBC Real Found in Translation, you can watch all the films produced for this project online. So today with Adna, we're going to discuss, first of all, why Adna was driven to start writing her own TV scripts. Next, the successes she's had with her scriptwriting incubator, Babes in Development. And finally, how Adna found directing her first documentary for In The Mix. Welcome to the Talentworks podcast, Adna. Hi, Shukri. Hi, hi. So first things first, can you sum up what you do? Sum up yourself, give a little intro. I'm Adna, I'm a writer and I work in project management for a charity and I also run, will co-run a organisation called Babes in Development. I love it. In every episode, we get our guests to choose their three most defining moments of their careers. Let's get into your first one. Tell us about it. So we have a scene from one of my first ever scripts that I've written. I wrote it in 2019. It's called Pipe Dreams. 
So this is the character Nala kind of talking to her date after she leaves. It's not a date that's going well, so she's kind of rambling, basically. Gentrification is an interesting one because on one hand, yes, it's leading to the destruction of a working class area and driving working class people out because everything becomes too expensive. However, on the other hand, oat milk vanilla chai lattes are delicious, even if they are extortionate. Think about it. We are the generation to cancel dairy milk. Like cows make milk for their babies and we were sealing it just to put it in our tea. Most black people I know are lactose intolerant, so we've been giving ourselves stomach aches for no reason. Do you want to go grab dessert? I know this place in town that does these huge milkshakes with like brownies and donuts floating on them. Let's talk a little bit more about your script, Pipe Dreams. So this is a TV sitcom, right? Yeah. Tell us what it's about. So it's a TV sitcom. It is about a 20-something Somali girl in London. And she's basically just trying to figure out what she's doing with her life. And it also follows her mum, who is an immigrant who escaped the Civil War and had to kind of rebuild her life here. And they're both kind of navigating that weird, like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I want to follow this path that I'm, like, thinking about a lot, like, kind of the dream path. But also, like, being realistic at the same time. And I think it's something that I'm going through at the moment. It's something that a lot of my friends are going through. It's very, like normal 20 something experience and I think talking to people that are significantly older than me like it seems like it's just not it's just a never-ending thing of just never really knowing what you want to do with your life and I think it's interesting to kind of go explore that through like a mother-daughter relationship and, and see how those things manifest differently but yeah that's that's kind of why I wrote it I was obsessed with Gilmore Girls growing up oh, as well sensational that was like obviously very different from the experience that I had growing up so it was in like I think it was nice being able to kind of replicate that but in a way that makes sense to me and the lifestyle and kind of the experiences that I've had. It's interesting that you chose to go down the um, sitcom route. That's quite a, I don't want to say difficult format, but it's not the easiest to write for. How did you land on that? Like, why did your script and your story end up as a sitcom? I think I've always just been been obsessed with sitcoms and comedy shows. Like, that's all I watched growing up. And I think, like, just in general, like, being a Somali girl, like, comedy is, like, at the heart of our personalities. Like, I've never met a Somali girl that can't make me laugh. Like, we are just naturally funny. And I think I've always just been attracted to that desire of making people laugh and, and having, like, a comedic, fun experience. And taking, I think, what I really enjoy is, like, taking kind of sometimes dark, serious concepts and turning them into, like, a funny, relatable piece of content instead of it always being, like, miserable. Because I think... The topics that the scripts that I write, specifically this script, is serious and can be quite emotional and, and times and things like that. But it, you can definitely have a laugh just going through it as well. I love that. Also, can we just take a moment to appreciate the fact that there are not one, not two, but three Somali women yes. in this room right now as we speak. I love that. I love that for us. <laughs> so you submitted your script to the Beauty Rise Room. Yeah. What do they say? Tell us a little bit about that process because I know it's quite, I think every like aspiring up and coming writer has definitely heard about the BBC Writers Room. So yeah. tell us about your experience. Um, so when I was rejected from film school, me and my mentor were basically working on what I could do with my script. And even before like I got rejected, she was kind of like, this is a script that you should kind of put out there and you should always definitely like utilize what you have and, and kind of reach out to different organizations and apply to competitions. Like that's how kind of up and coming writers get their name out there. Um, and obviously the BBC Writers Room, like writing competition is kind of like one of the most 
popular, as you said, and most coveted ones. So I was like, definitely going to apply to it. Didn't really think much of it. And then when I got the rejection email from the writer's room, it was like, you're rejected, but also like, it was not a bad script, which to me was really affirming because obviously the BBC is highly reputable and like, it's a really like competitive competition. So for me to be told that my script wasn't that bad was really nice. Shall we have a little listen to the feedback that you received? Yeah. Unfortunately, on this occasion, your script was not selected for the final stages. However, we're delighted to say that it did progress to a second read for the 30-page SIFT, which means that your script was placed in the top 10% of all scripts received. How did you feel when you first received this? You opened your email. What was your reaction? I was on the tube and I was on my way to work and I just was like, let me scroll through my emails. And I saw it and I just started like really like smiling to myself. I definitely looked crazy on that train and people probably looked at me like, what's wrong with this girl? But I was just really happy because I guess like writing is such a individual experience. Like it's something that you do by yourself and it's something that I've not really shared with other people before. So I've never really known that like my work was good or my work was actually like worth people's attention basically mm-hmm. and to get feedback saying that my my script was read again was really affirming love that growing up in the UK as a Muslim woman it's so hard to see yourself reflected on the screen and I can speak to this myself like there was hardly any characters that I saw that I could really relate to which you know you kind of seek these things wherever you can and for me it took me to like American black sitcoms and comedy are there Any TV shows from the perspective of a Muslim woman that you saw growing up? I didn't see many growing up. I guess, like, there was one book that I read. It was called Does My Head Look Big in This? It was by someone called Randa Abdel Fattah, which was an Australian book. And it was the first time that I'd read a book with a main character that wore a hijab. And I wore the hijab growing up, so I was just like, oh, wow, like, this is someone that has a really similar experience to me. But then with TV shows, I didn't really see anything up until, like, maybe, I guess maybe in the last five years that I started to see, like, characters with hijabs on or just characters that were Muslim in general. And I was like, oh, my God, these are, like, my friends or these are, like, my siblings, people that I know. Like, these are people that I can relate to. One of the most prominent ones is the show called Scam. It's a Norwegian show. And it's the first time that I saw a Muslim woman with a headscarf being represented in a way that was familiar. Like, she wasn't two-dimensional. She was three-dimensional. She was, like, a nuanced, interesting, like, realistic human being, basically. Because I feel like... Muslim women, specifically women that wear the headscarf, are portrayed in such a weird way. Like, they aren't human. They are there to serve other people rather than themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and their characteristics aren't just, they're not what I know Muslim women to be like. What inspiration have you taken from your real life into your scripts and your stories? Can you give us an example? I think a lot of the experiences that the main character in this story has, Pipe Dreams, um, are things that have happened to me. So, like, she faces a lot of, like, microaggressions at work and they are literally drawn from the microaggressions I have faced throughout my working career. I've had some microaggressions, for example, somebody has asked me if I speak English or, like, how I speak English very well. Or, like, there was one time where... um, So, my name, Edna, is very Somali. Mm -hmm. And there was a lady that came in. She was was just, like, this older white woman that came in and was shopping. Mm -hmm. And this is when I worked in retail. And she was just like, oh... Adna's like the name Edna, which is like a kind of a more Western name. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I like Edna a lot more. Oh, and my she God. just bought her stuff and left. I oh. was like, okay, that's so rude. Oh my God. And it's like one letter difference. Like, <laughs> it's definitely racist, but yeah. 
How do you even respond to that? I, really? I didn't. You I don't? was like gobsmacked. <laughs> and my colleagues did, like, didn't did understand it. And I just kind of like just went upstairs and was like, damn, that was really bad. Moving on to your second clip, something that represents a significant moment in your career. For my most significant clip, I've chosen to play a voice note from the WhatsApp group for my group, Babes in Development. I set up this group in early 2022 as a script writing incubator for black women and non-binary people. What I enjoy most about the Babes in Dev Development community group is honestly just meeting other people on their way, trying to make it as well. (laughs) Because we all know social media can kill you. And it's easy to see the people that have made it and the success and you root for them. But sometimes you sit there and think, how the hell do I get there? So just meeting other people who are on their way up as well, trying to figure this crazy world of TV and scripted and all that comes with it out. And just making connections, meeting people, finding opportunities, courses, schemes, internships, all that jazz. Because it's not easy. There's no through road, especially when, you know, you get to that point where you're like, I want to be a full time TV writer or playwright or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, it's just been really nice to have a community that if you've got a question, you can jump in the babes chat. If you want to find out something, there's always someone that has an answer or someone that can help you find an answer. And I really appreciate that. So tell me, what is Babes in Development? Babes in Development is a writing development space for black women that want to get into the industry, whether it's writing TV shows, whether it's writing films, whether it's working as a producer, DOP, writing books. We bring together a community of women that want to work in storytelling and bring stories to life. What speakers have you had? We've had a range of different speakers. So we've had um, people that are producers, people that are kind of directors, people that are writers, people that work in publishing, a range of people. Because I guess what we try to do is to get a mixture of people that are from different parts of the industry, people that are working in film, TV, people that are working in like publishing, so that the people in our community can kind of get a vast range of knowledge and are able to kind of leave knowing a lot more than they did before they came in. So talking of the speakers, is there anyone that we might know? A recent guest that we had was Mireille, who is an editorial director for Bluebird, Wombo and Pan Macmillan. She's also a writer, a sensitivity reader, and she does PR and comms. And she was just great. Like, she really helped the women in our community that want to get into publishing and storytelling in kind of like a book format. We've never had a guest who works with books, so it was really great to have her, basically. Has there been any advice from speakers that has particularly stuck with you? Yeah, there's been so much like knowledge and wisdom shared from the people that have come in. We've been so lucky to have so many people come in and share their knowledge with us. The one thing that stood out to me was um, somebody that came in that was a writer who told us that the best way to put yourself out there as a writer is to make content and it's utilising everything that you have. It's not sitting around waiting for your script to be picked up. It's making a web series, it's making TikToks, it's utilizing the content that you have and being creative with it because if you kind of sit around and wait for other people to pick up your work you're going to be sitting around for a really long time because people like to see things people like to have something to look at when they're looking at writers they don't want to just have a script they want to know that you you how your script could look like or what your ideas can look like in real life like how it's visualized and it's really inspired me to utilize the kind of resources that I have basically right now how has it been getting access to those um, speakers and those resources? It's been surprisingly, like, easy. I think people are often more helpful than you'd think. Like, a lot of the people in the industry know that it's really difficult to get 
to a space where you're working full time as a writer or you have a great producing job or you're directing something that they are willing to help out people that aren't there yet that's really nice do you have any success stories from some of your participants yeah so we have people that have been placed in writers rooms we have someone that's working on an apple tv show right now which is amazing amazing we have had people that have been kind of like working as assistant producers on different kind of films and and music videos and things. The girl that I've co-founded this with, uh, Marissa, she has recently won a grant to write her book, which is really exciting. And the other co-founder, Ruth, she's also working on a film at the moment and she's working on two films actually at the moment. Um, And so everyone's kind of doing their thing. And yeah, it's been really beautiful to see that. I love that. It seems like a very supportive community as well. For sure, yeah. What do you see babes in development doing next i think the aim for us is to continue to be a space where people can share their knowledge a kind of like an exchange of knowledge and resources but ultimately i guess our aim is to kind of maybe even start our own production company where we can actually make the content and bring to life the stories that are in the community already because like listening to the ideas that people have I'm just like this is amazing like there was one girl that told me her idea and I was like why is this not a tv show already like this is amazing but if you don't have the knowledge if you don't know the people in the industry and are able to kind of benefit from that it's difficult to get those amazing ideas on screen and I guess the aim that we have is to be able to get those people a lot more knowledge a lot more access so that they can have a better chance of making those stories come to life and I guess what I would love to do is to actually be able to give people like funding like and be able to help people actually make that come true or also maybe produce them ourselves. Let's fast forward into the present this is going to be your third clip the one that best represents you and your success at this very moment. This is a clip from my short film made for the project In The Mix 2022. In The Mix 2022 is a collaboration with The Barbican, BBC Studios, Talentworks and Black Creators Matter, where five black content creators were chosen to make a short film of their choosing. And I was one of them. I guess when I introduce myself, I see myself as a, as a mother first and foremost, as a black woman, as a Somali woman, as a Muslim woman. Um, we carry so many layers. So I guess my introduction is, uh, is, is, is many. In Tower Hamlets, the borough that we're in, there is two ethnic minorities that are large. The largest is the Bangladeshi community, the second is the black community, and in the black community, the largest is the Somali community. What sources are we doing, like chilli sources or just general So in that 19 years that we've been running Women's Inclusive Team, it's been a huge journey. Um, It's been a journey of challenge and hardship, a challenge of, gosh, um, in, in so many ways of people not knowing, I guess, the needs of the women that I represent, and it's very much lived on, based on lived experiences. I think for us, definitely, the key focus is that this is a safe environment where women can come to, you know, culturally, religiously sensitive to their needs. Um, So I guess today is, we have lots of workshops today specifically for how a project, um, and how, by the way, the literal word how means Eve in Somali, so she's the first woman, so we've called it how a project. And I guess it tackles domestic abuse and every community has domestic abuse. Um, But actually, uh, you know, some communities have different nuances, different cultural barriers um, when it comes up to domestic abuse. 
Adna, tell us a little bit about your In The Mix project. Yeah, so my project is called Nagnol. Nagnol is a phrase that's commonly used in the Somali community and it directly translates to living woman. And it's used as a term of endearment to kind of motivate women to aspire for higher, to get through hard times. And it's just used as kind of like a way to empower women. And I guess it's when I've thought about that phrase, it's not a phrase that I've heard other people from different communities use. And I think it might be actually quite unique to us. And I guess I really wanted to explore female empowerment through that word and how that has really encouraged a lot of women in the Somali community to aspire for a lot higher and also to kind of be bold and confident and yeah just not let anyone kind of get in their way. Love that. How did you get this opportunity? Yeah, so it's actually a funny story. So basically, me and the other babies were supposed to have our kind of writing session where we kind of just come with our laptops and we write. And our room wasn't booked because there was a workshop happening that you were actually running. Um, yes, for the Young Well Mix program. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a workshop on how to pitch yourself. And we were like, oh, this is really cool. Like, why don't we just go to this? And we went along and then I spoke to one person who was on the team and she basically was like why don't you guys come to the launch event and then at the launch event we got to learn more about what the program is about and what the aim is and I guess once I went to the launch event I was like oh this sounds like something that I want to apply to like this sounds really interesting and I had this idea of writing about the concept of Nagnol and like how important it is to Somali women so I was just like oh this idea has been on my mind for so long like this is the perfect thing to use to apply and yeah and then I applied and then I got it which is crazy and now we're here yeah (laughs) so can you tell us a little bit more about the narrative of your short the concept is based around the phrase Nagnol And the way that we explore it is through the stories of three different Somali women. And one of them is a football coach. One of them is a community leader. And there is a duo story of a mother and daughter. And we kind of just explore their stories, what they do, and how the phrase Nagnol is embedded into their daily lives and how it's kind of gotten them to the places that they have been to and where they are right now. This project entails you writing the script and another one of our In The Mixers, Kaylin Francis, directing it. How have you found trusting someone else to tell your story? Because obviously up until this point, you know, when you write, it's pretty much a solo effort, you know. How have you found that collaboration process? Yeah, it's been like, I guess I've been someone that's always enjoyed working with other people. So like working in a team is something that I really enjoy. Like I'm an extrovert, I'm a people person. Like I love working with other people. So that wasn't something that I struggled with. But I guess also, as you mentioned, like it's a very solo thing, writing. And it's the one thing that I haven't collaborated with anyone on. So I guess it was like difficult letting go and listening to someone else kind of like share their ideas and utilise their experience and their knowledge to kind of guide the story and put forward kind of things that they want to do with it. But I think it was really helpful. I think the reason why the short is something that I'm really proud of is due to the collaboration of working with Kaylin but also working with Florence Craig who is the executive producer and Ricardo McCleary Campbell who is the DOP. It just made that experience a lot better and I think it's why I'm so proud of the film that we've made. What have you learned from Kaylin whilst working together with him on this project? I think one thing that I've definitely learned is like organisation. I would say I'm quite an organised person, but I think he seems really, really organised. And like the way that he kind of organised the shoots and how everything was kind of just really, really like to the T. Like, and if there were issues, there was always a contingency plan. And I think 
I never felt stressed and I felt like I could really trust him to bring the story to life. So how is documentary making different to TV sitcom writing? I think with TV sitcom writing, there is a lot more freedom in the sense of like, these are not real people. These are people that you've created from your head. But when it comes to documentary making... These are people that have their own ideas, their own approaches to life. And you really have to spend the time getting to know them and getting to know what makes them tick and what their stories are. Like you can't make it up. You have to actually speak to these people and and get to know them and work with them to bring their narrative to life. I guess when it comes to like sitcom writing, you have a lot more flexibility and a lot more control over those narratives. But you don't have that with a documentary. So this is the part of the podcast where we ask every guest to look into the crystal ball of their future. Are you envisioning it? Are you seeing it? Yes. <laughs> what do you see in this crystal ball? I'm seeing someone that is writing full time. That's their job. I wake up, I write, I just work on bringing my stories to life. I have created a TV show or I'm working on making a TV show. So working on pipe dreams and making it something that people can actually watch. And I guess also just working with babes and turning it into, as I said, like maybe a production company or maybe just a bigger community for women to kind of learn from each other and to share their knowledge and their resources and be able to have amazing guests and to put on events and and things like that, basically. Yeah, that's really nice. And that's it. We've come to the end of the podcast. Adna, thank you so much for coming and joining us today. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you're interested in knowing more about Adna, you can find her on Instagram at Adna Mode. That's A-D-N-A-M-O-D-E. And you can also check out at Babes in Development if you want to find out more about that. You can also find us at BBC Studios Talentworks. This has been a Curly Media production on behalf of BBC Studios. See you next time. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.